Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler. And this week's episode is an International Women's Day special with Zara Gregory, Global Business Director at Anomaly London and proud member of Bloom, a professional network for women in communications. And the thrust of our conversation is all about The Great Return, a maternity leave playbook Bloom launched last year. We uncover the numbers behind this industry's maternal talent crisis and talk about Zara's own remarkable timing when it came to her return to work. There's plenty of chat about the plainly obvious but often overlooked benefits returning mums and parents bring to businesses and what exactly organisations can practically do before, during and after maternity leave, not only to hold on to some of their best people, but to help them thrive too. But I started by asking Zara for the 101 explainer on exactly what Bloom is. So Bloom is a professional network for women in communications. It was founded in 2010 and it's just seen amazing growth through that period. So it started with 21 members and Mm. as of right now we have over 500. Wow. Yeah so that's really exciting for the impact we can have but also because every membership we donate to Women's Aid. So last year we raised £92,000 for Women's Aid which is awesome. It's for women across the industry so media, ad tech, creative aid, agencies, brand client side, freelancer or perm. There's a real richness to the network's makeup. Mm. It really exists to drive gender equality and equal opportunity in the industry, but it has a very particular approach to doing that, which I love, and that is about championing the real voices of women. So really encouraging, open, honest conversation, shining a light on women's experiences in the industry. And then on the back of that, trying to find insightful meaningful solutions to some of the challenges that women face so it's a very honest safe space network really there to kind of make a difference we're all volunteers effectively so you know we all have our day jobs but as members of bloom we support other women and we're there to kind of fuel positive change I think the thing to say about Bloom is there are so many initiatives running. You know, I'll give you some examples, but mentoring. So if you're a member of Bloom, you automatically mentor a younger member of the industry. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. And aside from all the one-to-ones, we do free training. So there'll be sessions on... I don't know, how to build your confidence or how to have Mm. a salary negotiation talk. We also host events, the biggest of which is Bloomfest, which runs every year. And that kind of houses panels, workshops, talks. We run the exchange across mentoring programme, pairing senior industry men with senior industry women. That's just off the top of my head. There's so much (laughs) going on. Whatever your passion point is, you'll find someone in Bloom who also shares it. And then you can just go and make something happen i sort of see it as an army of terrifically smart (laughs) on it open generous women who were just all doers yeah that's bloom in a sentence (laughs) what did you do with bloomfest in in lockdown did it happen virtually yeah it happened virtually we've done two now though actually and you know it's worked really well the women who kind of run bloomfest within bloom who volunteer yeah they're just amazing they sort of set up the platforms and test it all and back with a vengeance this year yeah in person i would assume 
Maybe, I like hope everything. so. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, it's all it's just a complete in-person fest this year, which is brilliant, because I think that's they're all the bits that we've definitely missed. Well, you talked about insight, and that gets us onto the guide that Bloom have produced with major players, which is thinking about mums who have gone off on maternity leave and returned to work. And it's really a guide, I guess, that whole process of before you go, while you're off, and when you're coming back. Tell us a bit about why that, where it came from, what was the thing that really drove Bloom to focus on this area? Yeah, I think the brilliant thing about Bloom is that if you have a passion point or you feel strongly about something, you can raise your hand. And there are normally many women going, yeah, me too. Let's do it. That's Mm. great. And I suppose the idea really stemmed from, in part, my mat leave return. I mean, full disclosure, I'd never really thought about anyone's experience going on maternity leave or being pregnant at work until it happened to me, which sounds very ignorant, but... You know, we have a really busy industry, don't we? Everyone's in their own world. It's fast paced. And when I came back from that leave, it just wasn't the return that I was expecting. And I remember just thinking, oh, you know, it could be so much better. It would be so simple to actually make this a much more positive experience. And when I started talking to other women in Bloom, many other women said the same thing. Some had had brilliant experiences, but yeah. quite a few were saying, no, actually, like it was really hard. And mm. you're already, I think, at quite a vulnerable point when you're coming back from maternity leave. Yeah, Not everyone's had a brilliant mat leave. I think that's the other thing to remember. Mm. So it just felt like if there's something we can do, something tangible we can give people to arm them, particularly employers and managers, with how to make this experience better, how to make a return stick, so we can see more mums in our industry Mm. sharing their Mm. talent with us. Mm. Let's go do it. And that's really where the guide came from, built by Bloom, built on the back of an industry survey we ran as well last year, just putting all of that practical and tangible advice together, really. You said your return wasn't what you were expecting. What sort of expectations do you have if you can cast your mind back about what it would be like coming back? I think the important thing to say is that I was really excited about coming back love my daughter <laughs> she was amazing <laughs> yeah. but you know that that sounds awful doesn't yeah. it but no but no I'm no just hungry you know i missed yeah. it i was very sociable and i've always worked on busy accounts there's always been a lot mm-hmm. going on so i was really kind of ready I almost as sort of i wanted to make up the missed time kind of way yeah, yeah. again that's my personal experience everyone feels differently but i was like let's do this a bit competitive as well that probably fed into it and i just remember coming back and i think i experienced what i know now a lot of women experience which is just really a lack of forward planning and mm. a good dose of empathy missing and you know that manifests itself in different ways for different people but you know, I, I sort of remember feeling like a bit of a lemon. I had nothing to work on and yet everyone around yeah. you is busy. And you sort of, that kind of triggered its own things, right? Where you, you yeah. just feel a bit like, why am I here? I don't feel very valued. <laughs> What's going on? I, I thought I was good at this. Like, I just want to yeah. get my teeth stuck into things. Or, you know, some of the practical things like being introduced to new people, particularly if mm. you're coming back remotely, getting, you know, yeah. how are you all doing this? What's the software all of that, it just, it could have been better. And I think the good thing about the guide is that it shows, mm. my goodness, it's well within our gift to make it better. We can absolutely go do it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You talked about remotely. I mean, you returned in quite a spectacular fashion on the 20-something of March 2021. You know, everyone was literally, for the first time, probably opening Zoom and Teams and, and everything else. Do you think that played into it as well, the fact that we're sort of in this state of flux and everyone's trying to work out how we work from home? You're not only coming back to work, you're also 
trying to get your head around this new world that, you know, when you left, it was as it was before, I guess. Yeah, it was very strange, I have to say. I mean, it was strange for everyone. But I think that the thing that struck me the most was that I'd almost built up in my head this thing of there's work me and there's home me, which I know isn't particularly healthy. All I can say is I was a new mum coming back and I was trying to work out how I was going to do it and how I was going to show up at work. So in my head, you know, I did the very clean thing. If I dropped my daughter at nursery, then off I went to work in my work clothes. (laughs) And, you know, I I did my thing. I was very shiny and brilliant. Then I picked her up and I was mum again. And suddenly the worlds collided, didn't they, for everyone? And you're coming back from mat leave with, you know, literally holding your kid in your arms Mm. and sort of, Mm. Trying to get, get trying to get a one year old to play quietly is like just impossible. Found that out as well. Learned a lot that year. I've never done it before. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anyway. So it was difficult. I think probably the other thing to say is, in a way, I was lucky. I came back before it had really bitten the pandemic. You know, economically. Yeah. Mm. My heart absolutely goes out to anyone who came back a few months later because you're really trying to navigate and mm. find your place as a returning employee at that point and I think Covid sort of muddies the water in that sense you know even with me I was always thinking oh you know am I okay to challenge this is it this way because of Covid is it this way actually because it's just generally would be that way so I think it adds an extra level of stress and pressure to anyone trying to work out what good looks like for a return and you know what the right way for things to be is so yeah in a way I was lucky I came back at the beginning of it I think if you'd have come back later probably that bit harder for for people actually yeah and I think the novelty you know in inverted commas exciting at the start to be working in this way and we're really finding our feet and then as you say yeah like you know economically it hit it felt it got really serious the lockdown was really strict yeah that would have been a really really tough time to come back I want to pick out some bits of the guide I want to get your sense on I mean I love that you said you know it's kind of within our gift to solve this thing which is brilliant you look at maybe some other industries who do it quite well as well I was talking to friends that have come back agency friends and they say you know when I was really thriving in my agency career I was probably at my desk until nine o'clock most nights I was hand raising for pitches I was kind of doing all the things that are then very hard to do because suddenly you realize how precious your time is if you need to be out the door at four o'clock to do a nursery run you haven't got time for the meeting that's going to be about the meeting but what's the benefit I guess that returning mums bring to work that bit that it feels like maybe as business, we don't recognise that much about these people that are coming back into our business that have perhaps been out of it for a year. Because there's something in there, isn't there? They're not just, you know, plonking back in, do what you were doing before. They've probably got a different perspective on stuff for one. Yeah, I think that's such a good question. I actually weirdly felt more like a proper consumer having gone away on that yeah, yeah, yeah. year. Because I actually just for a start, I consumed adverts like an average person and not via campaign, <laughs> which I think is really good and really healthy. You know, yeah, I was listening yeah. to podcasts. I was listening to the radio because I was driving places. I was walking yeah. around and seeing out of home. I watched daytime TV. And all these things where I'm like, actually, because I was working so firmly in my bubble before and I was working till nine o'clock, I was just working. Mm. My social stuff, it was very London, frankly. And yeah. so when you're forced out of that bubble and you meet other people as well through nct and groups like that 
yeah, who yeah. aren't just part of your Adland circle or uni friends. It is really good perspective. I think it was really healthy to come back into the business, you know, having used your eyes and your ears a bit differently. So that's definitely one thing. And then to your point on time, I was always quite efficient. You know, I think you have to be as, mm. as an account handler. But there is a kind of new level of efficiency and boundary <laughs> acknowledgement yeah, that yeah. I have, which has been really helpful, actually. I think particularly now with hybrid working, where mm. it is hard to find the off button, I think being a mum has helped me do that. And, and I, in turn, really try and pass that on to my team as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think those are some definite pros. The other thing that kind of comes out is... When friends I've said who felt they were at their best, that they talk about nourishing their brain, going to talks, to presentations, being at events, logging in and just watching, whether it's a TEDx talk or whatever it might be, you are in a way sort of making yourself better and developing yourself. Most of them said actually going back and trying to do that is tough because there's work to do. You might be on a shortened week. And actually taking half a day out to go to an event that you're going to have to leave at four o'clock, you know, it becomes quite hard. So I wonder how it's been for you in terms of your own kind of self-development. There's the work, but then there's, you know, you making yourself better, I guess. Have you managed to find a balance with that and nourish yourself? I'm still working on it is the honest answer. But I think mm. that's fair, you know, like any kind of new parent, mum or dad, right? I think you're exactly right. You're a bit more time squeezed. But I think... God, I'm trying to work out how to be a good dad, not just, you know... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not not just the right that. person in a business, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do kind of think that when something's really important, I find a way, you know, for example, yeah. writing the guide was was tricky with, with the little yeah, one. Yeah. You know, I had to sort of do a lot of like... So, Mr. Gregory, if you just look after her for four hours, I'll just go to a <laughs> coffee Gregory. shop. Like, that, that's cool, right? I'll just buy you a cake or something. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of trading. I find there's a lot more yeah. bargaining with my partner. And, because, you know, we're both ambitious as well. And I'm sure many yeah. people have experienced that. You've both mm. got things to do that go beyond working and being a parent. So, I haven't found the magic answer to that one yet. But I think we're working it out. We're trying yeah. to do what's important to us. And we'll get there. When we had our little girl who's three, we did shared parental leave. So we divvied it up. My wife went back after six months and then I had about four months off. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. And I would say to anyone, do it. But I got a glimpse for the first time, which I think I never would have got otherwise, of that slight fear of returning and the stuff that goes through your head around who's been doing my job while I'm away. Yeah. And if, you know, if the business hasn't crumbled, then they must be doing all right, you know, and everyone's sort of sitting, no one's sort of been in touch. I had all of these things, which probably says a bit about my own insecurities, but it was very uncomfortable feeling. I felt pretty outsourced. I guess the difference being that once I went back, you know, it probably took a couple of weeks of readjustment. My job and me at work is kind of, that's me again. Whereas I think for Polly, my wife, when she goes back, okay, she's thinking about where can I express, you know, I need to be home yeah. at four because I'm going to do this. I need to get to it. So it's kind of like her return has sort of changed a lot. Mine, whilst I had a glimpse of that feeling, really after two weeks, it was James at the IAB again and I was kind of doing it. It was a sort of a fascinating insight to that, all of those thoughts that go through your head before you go back. I was really excited to get back, yeah. but the sort of doubts that creep in, it was a very strange experience. 
Yeah, and they're very common as well. I think, you know, you mentioned four months. I think when people have had a year off, which I think yeah. is the average in the UK, mm. and you've gone through the physical changes as well of, of pregnancy and sort of having mm. a baby, I think, yeah, it, it's fascinating. I think you do those doubts creep in quite quickly. Some people come back with them already there. Other people come mm. back strong, and they still kind of wheedle their way in a little bit because we're all human. So I think that's why kind of businesses being prepped for that and aware of that and sort of helping people manage that mums and dads because hopefully more dads will feel like they can take longer leave periods i think that the better it will be for us because it's about what will make a return stick isn't it and what will make it stick is if people feel encouraged and welcomed and supported and you know businesses will get the the benefits of that too a hundred percent and i genuinely think you get or business honeymoon periods are the, the wrong thing to say but if you were to move jobs and go and work for another agency i think that business that you move to probably gets a really good two months out of your way and i just think perhaps there is that expectation when you return is like you know i want to prove that i can do this thing i think the business definitely benefits from that i'd love to get into some of the numbers Zara, in terms of what you uncovered in the survey around because there, there are nuances between you know if you've had one child or it's your second child you know as you say mums that stick you know mums that kind of fall out and we've got this sort of slight talent problem with you know brilliant planners strategists etc who think maybe that's not for me because I can't work within the structure or the flexibility and one friend said to me you know there's probably some brilliant creatives and strategists you know running heartbeats classes and working part-time in Jojo and things like that which that you know probably are which seems like a great shame for the industry because these are brilliant people that have only just made a choice to have a family and then suddenly we've got this thing that doesn't quite work for them so talk us through some of the top line numbers in terms of who sticks who doesn't some of the numbers i'll give you are from bloom's research and a couple i Mm. think are really interesting from the ipa which sort of set the scene as to where we are so you know the ipa and, and lots of bodies really have really interesting statistics that reflect the reduced number of older and senior women in the industry so that's not all just down to mat leave and return experiences of course it's not But I think it's one factor to consider given when most women choose to have children in their 30s, when they're kind of pushing that pre-management level. So, you know, I think the Future of Fairness report from last year showed that women make up 52.6% of employees in our industry, but only 28.5% managing directors. So I think that's quite interesting. What happens? You know, what stops people reaching that upper tier? I doubt it's because lots of people just don't want it. You know, I suspect it's actually something happens in between to to make those numbers so uneven. And I think even if you look at the percentage of women in steam suites, it's 32.4%. So still, you know, for 2022 think we can do better so you know i think mat leave is one thing to consider as part of why that might be happening and then at bloom we took a more focused look at mat leave itself and the return experiences so we ran an industry-wide survey last year and i think some of the key things we found were that nearly half of all mums found the return from mat leave more negative than they were expecting and that's you know, that's huge. Because as we said, I think it is fixable. But if people are having those initial experiences, then like you say, it's making the return harder for them. You know, it's making them question potentially whether they should be in the industry unnecessarily. And then when you sort of dug a bit deeper, you saw things like two thirds weren't given any return to work programme or initiatives. So even things like a thorough handover, you know, we included that things very basic, but, you know, not there. 
So, uh, you know, that kind of helping people ease back into things, we perhaps haven't done as good a job of that as we could have done. And I think one of the things that I found most interesting was that the survey showed that a negative experience really does have consequences for the business and the employee. So mm. those with negative experiences were 63% more likely to leave the business within six months versus those with positive experiences. So you just go, oh, it, it's actually really yeah. important to keep them there. And stuff like a thorough hand feels so easy. It doesn't cost any money. There's no, no. investment needed. I mean, you'd expect that if you came back from a two-week holiday, a sort of thorough handover. <laughs> but the idea that you've been away for a year and think how quickly things move in our world and the new people and, you know, perhaps you've won a couple of accounts, perhaps you've lost an account that you work on. It's kind of like... God, that's incredible. And there was some interesting stuff around, you know, again, basics, uh, like keeping touch days and things like that. And then the number of mums that actually take them up. What was the thinking around the sense I got was not everyone uses their keeping touch days, which are days that you get paid for to kind of go back in. It's not just a coffee. It's about, you know, just trying to get your arms around things again. What was the, some of the insight around that? So a lot of it was you could sort of leave open comment in the survey. And actually that kit days was something that most people commented on quite a lot and mm. said we would have liked to, but sometimes they weren't encouraged. And, and some of that as again is I think about not everyone knows exactly what they can and can't do on that leave. So I think having yeah. a line manager or a HR rep there who can say, actually, you know, we can yeah. do these 10 days. How should we make them work? People coming forward with that info is really important. I think the other side of it is logistics because you need childcare for them, don't yeah. you? Or yeah. you need to feel like you can bring your little one in and that's okay. So some of it is about, I think, employers and line managers being aware of the logistics and open to having that conversation and, you know, being flexible. So I think the insight that came through on kick days was they weren't taken up as much as you'd have expected. But I think the way we could make that better was people being more proactive at mentioning them. Yeah. And yeah. then treating them more flexibly and in a more tailored way. So even how you use them, for some people, it might just be a coffee is really helpful and you yeah. can count that as a kit day. And you can just have a chat about what's been going on at the business. To your point, tons changes really quickly all the time. <laughs> or it might be some people want to use them for a phased return and actually yeah. use them quite yeah, cleverly. Yeah. So, you know, lots of rich findings came back on that one. Definitely worth trying to use them if you can. Yeah. You talked a bit about your own team, which is amazing to hear in terms of it feels like you're doing some amazing role modelling for them in terms of, you know, encouraging stuff like this. Are there role models that you have either within Bloom or within the industry? Who are those sort of role model mums that you like and think, yeah, they've got it right or the business they work in has got it right? Yeah, I think role modelling is such an interesting one because it is so important. And I probably didn't know how important it was until... I hit that kind of 30 mark, to be honest, in the industry. And that's partly because you look around you and, and you just see fewer and fewer women <laughs> over yeah. 30. And you're like, where did yeah. they go? How are they doing yeah. it? So I think, you know, a couple I'll mention is that where I was working, when I came back to work, there was a brilliant MD and she worked on a four day week. And that actually made me feel really confident about coming back to work and saying, yeah. I want to work four days. Yeah. And it sounds really basic, but I'm not sure I'd have had that confidence if I hadn't seen a senior woman doing that and owning it mm. and being very clear Friday I'm with my children. So, you know, she was a fantastic role model for me. And then I think Bloom's been a real source of fantastic women. So yeah. Victoria Brooks, Siobhan Brunwyn, Sophia Durrani, there were just so many 
smart, inspirational women there who were actively doing things to make the industry better. And then, you know, I've chosen to come somewhere with brilliant female leadership. Anomaly has, you mentioned Cam's you've had on here, female CEO, Karina, Mm. female global CEO, female European head of new business. I mean, there are just so many female head of design, female head of strategy, and that sort of, you know... Obviously, I love a mix, but it's really great to see women doing so well in senior positions. And I think, you know, having that real mix of values and culture at the top of agencies is just lovely to see. Yeah, 100%. I wanted to ask you as well about this sort of sense of complacency, I guess, and whether you feel, or whether it was borne out in the survey, whether there is any room whatsoever. You know, if you think about me and my job, okay, if I'm at home and I wanted to go run over lunchtime or something like that and it takes me an hour, that's okay. I wonder if a a new returning mum felt like, one, where on earth is she getting the time for to go for an hour run for one? But two, is there a sense of, I kind of don't, when I'm at work, I need to do my work. And then to your point, when I'm mum, I need to do the mum thing and nothing can really slip. Is there a sense there's not going to be that sense of forgiveness, you know, for mums? You get all of this not so great stuff. I remember from my days, you know, the 430 club for mums when they go and, you know, all that sort of very old hat stuff. I guess what I'm asking is we're not still quite there on a level playing field. Complacency might be all right for some, but particularly for new mums, it just feels like that sort of thing to try and prove yourself and it's just it's just not there it's a very long very long-winded question but I know but it's it's such a good point I yeah I think it's so dependent on where you work and who you work with I think one thing that anyone can do is look at how to build empathy in a business and Mm. maybe offer kind of one of the things we suggest in the guide is team-wide training on the challenges facing returning parents Mm. really not just Mm. returning mums but you know little ones get sick they need pickups at certain times or you get billed for late pickup all these kind of little practical things that is worth kind of just telling people who might not be aware of them but I do think to your point on is there a kind of forgiving culture really and and do people kind of have empathy I, I think it's so dependent on the kind of leaders that you have in an agency or in a business and also in how many parents are already there I think that does feed into it a little bit so I know for me I, I've been at Anomaly for about five months now a big part of why I joined was because I just love chatting to Mike RMD and head of department and one of the yeah. first things I said was I'm a parent and I you know when we go back to the office I'm gonna leave at a certain time to go and get here to go and get him her I have a daughter <laughs> I do know that to go and get her Monday morning you know is that okay you know I want to be really clear when I'm not working I, I do want to focus on my child that's why I've decided to take a pay cut etc etc mm. and he was great and I think you know very quickly yeah. we got into the thing of yeah it's cool we've both got little ones we understand how it rolls everyone's still doing their thing everyone's still making brilliant work yeah. this is how we do it these are years that we've got to get through and you know try and enjoy them as well so yeah, yeah. I love the whole thing around the you know, you being clear about your boundaries and perhaps on the role model thing, it's like, well, someone else feels that they can do. Is that your thing with your four day week? It's like, yeah, maybe if I hadn't seen that, but I've seen someone who can do it. I've seen them make it work. I love that. Obviously we're recording this as a special for International Women's Day. What else are Bloom and what else are Anomaly doing to celebrate International Women's Day this year? So lots of good stuff coming up. So for Bloom, the theme this year is Break the Bias. 
So we're going to take the opportunity to highlight the bias that can appear in everyday life. So look out for the socials. There's going to be lots happening on that in true and blue style. And then normally London, we've got a self-defence lesson planned for our female employees. I know, I'm quite excited about that. Mm. And then we've also got Jane Cunningham and Philippa Roberts, the authors of Brandsplaining, coming in to talk to us about how sexism still shows up in marketing. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. Yeah a good IWD. Zara, thank you so much. The guide is fantastic. We're going to link to it in the show notes. I think whether you're a returning mum, returning parent, you're a manager, never thought about kids, but someone's in your team, I just think it's worth a read. It's worth us all just skilling up on this. But thank you so, so much. You have to let us know how you get on with the self-defence stuff as well. (laughs) I'll be fierce by the end of it. Thank (laughs) you so much. It was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you, James. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Bloom and Anomaly London's Zara Gregory there. It is fascinating, isn't it, that the most simple things like a proper handover or taking the keep-in-touch days you're entitled to are literally falling between the cracks, which is contributing to some of the best talent walking out of the door. Even worse walking out the door and walking out of the industry completely they just feel like such basic easy things to get right and just need a bit of understanding to put them in place you can find a link to the great return in the episode notes and if that's not enough on this international women's day you can also find a compendium of everything the members of the IAB's inclusion, diversity and equity group are doing year-round when it comes to gender parity and making sure women have the opportunity to thrive at work. In it, you'll find contributions from the likes of Index Exchange, The Telegraph, Meta and Bliss. A massive thanks to Zara, not only for sharing Bloom's playbook, but also sharing her own story. And of course, thank you too very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.